Welcome to Movies, Movies, Movies on Mornings with Bridie Tanner. Featuring Jack and Andre. <laughs> Hi, film lords. How you going? Good morning. Good. Nice and wet. Yeah, it is a little bit soggy out there. Perfect day for movies, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. I think so. We have double passes to go to the Nightingale, and we're also going to meet Jennifer Kent and Bakali Ganambar yep. later in the show. Uh, you guys interviewed them, and... Yeah, we're going to hear a little bit of that. Now, for those who don't know who Jennifer Kent and Bakali Ganimbar are... Well, Bakali Ganimbar won the Venice Award for Best New Talent last year at the Venice Film Festival, at the same festival where, at the end of the film, Jennifer Kent was famously called a whore by an Italian critic. And then she went on to win the jury prize, which is the second best prize at the film festival. And uh, let me just also add that the award that Bakley won was the same award that River Phoenix won. And also let me add that the Venice Film Festival only ever gives out one award for each film, and this film managed to rack up two. Right. And Jennifer Kent was the only female director <laughs> in the whole competition, enough information. Well, you've both seen The Nightingale at Sydney Film Festival. It's coming back for release and we do have double passes to give away to any cinema of your choice. So you can take a friend along for free on us. And to win those prizes, we want to ask you how you bludge at work. What's your little technique? What do you do? What do you get away with? Jack, I want to start with you. Well, I live, I work in like a little office on my own, so I get away with a lot. And if you're listening, I do my work, but there's always a little... Window in the bottom corner playing something. Uh, I listen to fuckloads of podcasts and I just basically spam everyone. It's annoying when I'm at work because everyone else is at work and I'm just sending people links. So. You famously watch a couple of the screeners that we have to watch for the sh- for the segment. Yeah, while I'm at work. <laughs> while you're at work. Yeah. I, I use my commercial radio job to prepare for my volunteer radio job here at FBI Radio. Yeah, it's Google Docs galore. Oh, yeah. My procrastination is always uh, food related. So, um working uh-huh. in the hospitality or even working at a house, I'm always just hunting down the snacks. And once I find them, I take my time. I know, bon appetit, scrolling. That's what it is. That's actually what it is. That's a good ploy because who's going to get angry at you for eating? You'd be surprised. All the bosses <laughs> that I've had, which is why I have to be super secretive about it. It's kind of like a shameful eating habit. I don't like it, but I have to do it. The reason we're talking about it is because in movie news, as you'll hear, someone got in trouble for watching 55 episodes of Friends. Or was it Or was it 55 hours? No, it was 50, 55 episodes. It could have been 55 Either hours. Either way, it's a lot of, it's a lot of bludging <laughs> yeah. and stuffing around on the job. We're going to hear more about that in a second. But can I just say, like, screw the whole system of, like, we can see what you're on looking at on the computer. It should be, if I log out of my Google Drive and delete my history, I should be getting away with things scot-free. But unfortunately, no, they can now monitor what you do at work. Corporate overlords. Bastards. Mm-hmm. Anyway, text in, what, how do you bludge at work? You can be anonymous, so don't worry if your boss is listening. 0409 945 945, and you could win a double pass to the Nightingale. Movie news. Okay, I want to talk about this multi-million dollar lawsuit, but first, mm-hmm. tell me about One Tricks Point Never. Oh, okay. Well, I will because I think we're all fans of One Tricks Point Never. He's kind of like the electronic uh, Tom York of our generation, even though Tom York's still in our generation. But he's scoring the new Safdie Brothers film. He scored their film Good Time, which starred Robert Pattinson. And this new film of theirs is called Uncut Gems. And Bridie, you might like this. It's starring Adam Sandler. Oh. So <laughs> we can expect uh, maybe a bit of goofiness, but also a lot of prestigious filmmaking and a kick-ass score from one of the most interesting electronic uh, music makers of 
the past couple of years. There I said it. You can also check out the Australian film he scored, Partisan, which has got Vincent Cassell and shot in Georgia. Uh, and, and also yeah. what, what's, the bling ring. Can you sort of take us into the sound of a 10 Tricks Point Never scored film? Like, what sort of mood does he create? Well, that's really interesting Video game. because his, his um, music is really demanding and intense and bombastic, like a lot of... <laughs> but he's also done... He's also contributed scores to Sofia Coppola's film The Bling Ring, which is a bit more melancholic and a bit more smoothed out. And in good time, it wasn't as bombastic, but his, his music is demanding, but I think the score is going to be chill and smooth and maybe a little bit Miles Davis-like. There's always, like, reference. a tension between it being, like, totally metal and intense and then being like really kind of chill wave like his albums kind of go between mm. very relaxing and uh very chaotic very excited for that one what's the new film going to be called uncut gems uncut gems okay so keep an eye out for it starring adam sandler mm. now in uh, hollywood bludging news uh-huh. who's been caught out by who Robert De Niro, the star of Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers, and it's is filing a $6 million lawsuit against his assistant after she allegedly watched 55 episodes of Friends while working for him uh, in four days. <laughs> yeah. She also took all her friends out to really expensive dinners and used yeah. all of his frequent flyer points to like oh. take herself on trips around the country. Bludges, take note. Truly, she, truly, She's truly. so good. Honestly, for, like... Robert De Niro is in a movie called The Irishman, which has one woman and about, like, ten really old actors with CGI on their faces to make them look young. The and, like, detail- the Joker opposite Joaquin Phoenix. The- I think she should just get what she can. The amount of detail that's gone into revealing the, the revealing what she has bludged and what she's um, abused, she spent $12,000 at a fancy San Francisco Italian restaurant in brackets where Secondi, which is second course, starts at $28. So you can tell that she's really going for the glam lifestyle and she's just using that credit card at her own expense. But Jack had a great theory, which was that after watching 55 episodes of Friends, she's actually trying to use Robert Nero's production company money to do a Friends revival, and Robert's trying to squash that because he doesn't want that for the culture. I love that theory. Thank mm. you. I left work 15 minutes early yesterday. Ooh. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm on par with this bludger. Yeah, we could feel her. I also used to, at my old job, there was like someone got gifted one of those boxes of Maltesers and it just mm-hmm. lived in the fridge, and I would like get up for a stretch and just sort of like just cruise over to the fridge, mm. which I never had anything in of my own, by the way. You have to and go for short like, walk. See what's in here. Oh, maybe grab a couple more pieces. Everyone could see me and hear me rustling around in there. Mm. Anyway, we want you to text in how you <laughs> I stole money. <laughs> yeah, no, have you ever eaten someone else's salad from the fridge? Oh, <laughs> Put naughty. back the container. Naughty, naughty. Yeah. Okay, I know you guys are begging to read this news out, so go for it. Should we do it at the same time? No, okay. I'll just announce okay. it. Okay. okay, okay. The Matrix 4 is officially happening. It's been announced with Carrie Ann Moss <gasps> and Keanu Reeves, who are returning respectively in their roles as Trinity and Bridget Jones. We're so excited <laughs> for them to also reunite with Lana Wachowski, who is going to direct, write and produce and film. hopefully it'll be shot in Sydney again. It's actually one of the most famous films to be shot in Australia. A lot of it was green screen. Maybe Hugo Weaving will return. Is that right, Jack? Uh, yeah, hopefully Hugo Weaving will be Mr. Smith if he wasn't dead at the end of the revolutions. But one thing that... And I just watched V for Vendetta again, which is written by the Wachowskis, which was prescient and everyone should watch it because it's about Brexit and how we can fight back. But... I recently read this really disturbing quote from Quentin Tarantino that was around the time of 9-11 where he was saying, like, the only people from Hollywood aren't not in Hollywood at the moment, the Matrix people who are in Sydney, and how sad would it be if America fell and the only people making movies were the Matrix people? 
And why would that be sad? Well, it just shows, like, how wrong he is. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Are you coming up in two reviews? Uh, Late Night and The Australian Dream, reviewed by our film lords Jack and Andre here in for Movies, Movies, Movies here in Mornings. And keep your texts coming in about how you bludge at work. You can be anonymous, 0409 945 945 to win a double pass to go see The Nightingale. I'ma break you off, let me be your motivation To stay and give it tonight Baby, turn around, let me give you innovation yeah, Cause I do it so right By Normani, you're on mornings. FBI 94.5 movies, movies, movies. One. No, no, no. Two reviews. Two reviews. Give me more reviews. Two 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 reviews. 
she was the first female late-night talk show host on a major network, winning 43 Emmy Awards. Ladies and gentlemen, Catherine Newberry. Catherine, do you think women are funny? Funny is funny. As long as you're white male and from an elite college, like your writing staff. Take it away. Are you anticipating a dinner with your racist grandparents? Do you need something for the flight to help you get over your anxiety? Try Late Night, The Valium of Hollywood. Mindy Kaling writes and stars in a film where Emma Thompson has managed to hold down a job as the only woman in Late Night while also being cornflakes boring. The film makes sense at every term of Mindy's climb to being another cog. It's so undemanding that it's being recommended for pressure headaches and surgery recovery. It could have been an Ab Fab meets Veep takedown of narcissists in the industry, but Kaling worships earnest comedy too much to be too critical. Instead, she machine guns the faceless bros that are cosy behind it. It's like a nice warm porridge for breakfast, and maybe it's the whole some fibre at the start of a new day that gets things moving in an industry that has been really struggling to push the calcified shit out of its system. Mm. Yeah, it's like a gender pushing for the whole family. Mm. I love it. Yeah, true, true, perfect. True. You, took, uh, yes. you took family to go see it? Yes, I did. I, I took my uh, two-be parent-in-laws mm. uh, along who are slightly conservative and they seem to enjoy it okay. Uh, I don't know if they thought I was trying to agenda push on them, but... You know. It's, Sorry, it's, are you engaged? It's, no, 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 no. All I heard was you know, you know to what? be gender okay. and parents and laws. <laughs> let's just leave it. Let's just leave it. Um, <laughs> Ange. What am I thinking? What did you think about Late Night? Well, here's what I think. I'm uh, probably the only person in the room who was obsessed with the Mindy Project, which was Mindy Kaling's vehicle after she did The Office. And that show has such a killer, cutthroat, Tina Fey dialogue style that is quick, fast, snappy, and it's a bit mean. It's mostly mean. And this film just didn't have that for me. And that's what I felt I really wanted from like a cutting takedown of like a misogynist industry which is the late night complex and even though this film represents so many beautiful things i was waiting for some really hilarious jokes and the only joke that i found really funny was when mindy is getting takeaway and she like buzzes the takeaway order through her door and she's like don't forget to get me like the extra peanut sauce because i don't like it when you don't do that yeah (laughs) and it was the jokes that kind of didn't that kind of lost it for me but this film represents so much good that i can't bring myself to bring it down Late night, what would you give it in a one-word review? Easy breezy. Yeah, right here. Nice. Could have yeah. been ten minutes shorter. Could be ten minutes shorter? Ooh. <gasps> I love when people all. give that review of That's films. Length, length, length. Sorry. <laughs> Could have done with an edit. <laughs> and you are going to be reviewing for us today The Australian Dream. Football's racism row has erupted again. I'll continue to stand up. This is unacceptable. Doing him because he's black. It's, a bit of a joke. it's their voice. We are racist. It's shocking. The backlash intensified. Strangled. He knew why it was happening. We need to talk about this. You get what you wish for. Suddenly, it wasn't just Adam Goods the footballer. He was Adam Goods the angry Aboriginal. I think this is the second documentary made about Adam Goods. That's true. And it's becoming a bit of a trend to make two documentaries about the same thing every year. We had two Whitney documentaries and that's the end of the trend. <laughs> Full disclosure, I really hate sports. So for all you sporties out there, you might want to turn off the rad. But I'm going to be talking about The Australian Dream, which takes anger to look at and despair to digest. It's the moving and sacrificial documentary of the horrible racist slur gone viral hurled towards Adam Goods, the Sydney Swans footy player, and just the institution evil that reeks over AFL, which, might I remind everyone, is a sport that starts in the afternoon like some Wiggles concert and has Sydney Swans merch that looks like MAGA, Make America Great Again, caps. 
the morning this film inspires has a way of uniting hope, and that's its real strength. Beyond explaining to white folk, me, how racism poisons Australian society, duh, the Australian dream reminds us something deeper, how cringeworthy the Australian public majority is with its obsessions with bad fucking sports. We should be ashamed of us. Footage of Invasion Day, AFL crowds, and Eddie Maguire, ugh, it inspires me to make like my high school boyfriend and leave. Until... Until, but until then, we have Stan Grant, an exceptional voice at the ABC, Adam Goods, and the need to do better for the sake of everyone. Sounds like a thumbs up. It's a huge thumbs up, but for someone I, who doesn't like sports, exactly, a huge thumbs up for someone who doesn't like sports. But uh, it's it's really hard to watch these films that explain how obvious racism is to people who are blind to it, and you can just and when it's coupled with footage of Australian culture. It's just so blatantly clear how wrong our white culture is Mm. and how destructive and awfully manipulative and just the foundation of everything we think is cool, like sports, is actually truly destructive. And just empty. I mean, you hear this kind of gaslighting explanation. They interview Andrew Bolt and Eddie Maguire, and it's just so clear where the end of their rhetoric and logic is, which is like in their throat or something, like, whatever the last thing they can think of to say to defend themselves, they'll just say it. I think we need to remember, though, that they sort of represent the majority of Australia. Which is crazy. And I hope they go see it. And it's really interesting because this film does, I think, uh, address the majority of Australia. It's really carefully made. The sort of vox pops that they use are really curated. It's Yeah. yeah. Would you say, in a similar fashion to Late Night, that it's sort of... Uh, a progressive movie for the whole family. Fully. And it's also, like, my one piece of advice with this film is go early because those two sessions that we tried to go to that were sold out. Nice. Uh, uh, Sorry, The Australian Dream in a word? Uh, Essential. I want to say shocking, but none of the information that they're giving is shocking because racism exists and it's evil and it's destroying everything that we hold dear. But shocking is what I'm going to go with it. We're going to come back and meet Jennifer Kent uh, in an interview that you did with her and the lead... And Bakerly Gunnambar. Yes, the lead actor in The Nightingale. And thank you so much, everyone who's texting in your bludging stories and tips. Keep them coming in because you might win a double pass to go see The Nightingale. Right after this, it's The Children Came Back from Briggs and Grummel and Dwayne Eversmith. I'm Jimmy Little with a royal telephone. 
I'm the world champion, 68. Boy, I'm Lionel Rose. I'm William Cooper, I take a stand when no one even knows. I'm the walker, I'm the sounder. The children coming home, boy, I'm Goom. I'm Marchy, I'm everything that you ask. I'm everything that you count. I'm the dead heart, heart, heart. I'm Goom, I'm Marchy, I'm Goom. 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 I'm the Sand Hills, I'm Cummins. I'm Les Briggs, I'm Paul Briggs. I'm Uncle Ringo with all them kids. I'm Uncle Buck. Everybody loves me, ain't none below. Ain't none above me. I'm the carving out of every sky. We on those flats, that bit about you now. Mr. Apple, think about me and you, we feel the same. And it might sound strange, but I'm just saying, we both unsettled when the boats came. I'm Goon, I'm March, I'm everything that you watch. I'm everything that you come. I'm the dead heart. I'm the dead heart. Children Came Back by Briggs. You're on Movies, Movies, Movies here on Mornings, FBI 94.5. What's happening? Sydney Spotlight. Jack and Andre got to catch up with the Nightingale director Jennifer Kent and lead actor Bakerly Gunnambar for FBI 94.5. That's right. The Nightingale is this new Australian masterpiece, some are saying, yeah. uh, about colonial violence from a new perspective that we haven't really seen. Mm. But it does have a lot of graphic violence. And we had the chance to interview Jennifer Kent and Bakley Gunnambar to talk about the pressure that they felt on the film and their response to some of the backlash. I mean, it really did hurt me initially. And I was so shocked because I think just because you make a film with violence in a very realistic way doesn't mean you're endorsing violence. And it was so shocking to me that people would think that, even have that thought. We were all so committed. We understood why we were making it. So ultimately, you just got to come back to that. And it's been tempered with such incredible responses back as well, like, you know, victims of sexual violence, you know, survivors of sexual assault, people, Indigenous people. There, there have been incredibly positive responses. So you've just got to understand that something very strong and tough will provoke people. We're here with um, Bakerly Gunnambar and Jennifer Kent, the director of The Nightingale and the lead actor. They've just got back from America and they've done a whole year of touring with this film, which must be exhausting to impress. Not quite a whole year. I mean, it's been over a year, but yeah, yeah, yeah it has spanned a year for sure. What are some of the 
pressures and anxieties you both have about releasing a film like this and making a film like this? I mean, I, I, I try not to worry about what people think because if you're making any kind of art, whatever it is, you know, painting or TV series or whatever it is, you, you're going to promote responses. And that's just what happens. So I don't read reviews. I try not to look on social media. You know, occasionally I do, but I always regret it. So, um, yeah, it's just about the work. It's a truly honest history. It's, like, definitely really honest and yeah, it's definitely there's gonna be talks about this film, and um, yeah, I reckon there's gonna be response that gonna be some response are gonna be negative, and that's to be expected. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that you watched the Baba Dog before shooting the the Nightingale. It's okay if you didn't. I was just I just really wanted to get the role because it's a really important story to tell, and um, I'm just so happy to be. Because for many, many years, like, all our um, elders have tried to go out to the world and share our story and our history. Some succeeded, some didn't. And for me to do that on a big screen to represent Aboriginal Australians and also a whole Australian and the history is such a huge uh, responsibility to mm. carry. Yeah, we were all committed and we are mm. a family of people yeah. you know, who'd come together to tell this shared story. And it's so important for our history but our current situation mm. as Australians to know what happened and to understand how it's impacting our lives in the, in the present day. You just heard the voices of the Nightingale director Jennifer Kent and lead actor Bakley Ganabar chatting to our film lords about what it was like to make such an epic film, which did actually receive quite a bit of backlash. Mm. Some people have boycotted the film. Indeed. Walkouts, boycottings, public outrage, all the Nightingale. It's all the more reason to go see it, I think, if you're um, brave enough to endure. It's quite a long film and it's quite a demanding film. Um... Uh, what do you think, Jack? I just think you're always going to have backlash when you say something truthful about the history of genocide in this country and how, I mean, it's pointed out in the Australian Dream when Adam Goods and Stan Grant talk about, look, we don't celebrate the Holocaust, but we celebrate in, like, Australia Day. Mm. And so it's the same thing with this. It's like, I don't think I've seen a film just, like, put that on a platform and say, this is what happened in this country. And so you're obviously going to elicit responses of shock. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to say something brave because it's actually not heavily researched, but uh, I'm always reminded of something that you told me, Jack, which was that Steven Spielberg didn't get any backlash for talking about the film Munich that they made, well, which was something that... Uh, you're sh- are you shaking your head at no, me? No, well, there was some backlash, but yeah. There was some backlash? Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I just think that, like, yeah, like you said, Jack, I just think, yes, I think Jennifer Kent went into this film knowing that there was going to be a heated debate about representation and what the film is representing, and... Uh, you, if you listen to the rest of the interview, which we'll upload straight after the, the show, uh, Bakley and Jennifer go into detail about how committed they were to whatever responses the film was going to elicit and how committed they were to whatever the story was going to say and how it was going to be received. They wanted to give it their whole heart. Yeah. Make sure you check out fbiradio.com forward slash movies to find the full interview. For the Nightingale. Subscribe to the podcast and then it'll just tell you when it's ready. Mm. Good point, good point. Now, we've been asking you to text in or show how you bludge at work because there was the ultimate bludger working for Robert De Niro who got found out watching 55 episodes of Friends while getting paid. Al, 
I, wa- I walk to and from meetings at uh, different offices so I can exercise on work time. This is also a good stress reliever in between meetings. That's I nice. don't reckon she's going to get sued for $6 million for that. Mm, mm. For doing exercise? I don't think so, honey. Toby, you are an FBI radio supporter, which means... Can you... Did you just read... You didn't read, Tony. No. Can you read it out? How do I bludge at work? I'm currently three hours and 21 minutes late to work and counting. Toby, if you're... I'm a huge work bludger, but I'm never late. So that, to me, is true inspiration. Also, you shouldn't be made to start at 7am. Oh, actually, it's... Yeah. Toby, you are the winner of our double pass. We'll be in contact very soon with how you can pick that one up. Congratulations and thanks for getting in touch. Thank you, Film Lords, for bringing us Movies, Movies, Movies. Thank you so much for having us. Can I say one last little thing? I know how much I donate to FBI Radio as a supporter, and it's not very much, and it's much less than a movie ticket. So y'all can just sign up for $5 a month like I do Mm -hmm. and still win hot movie passes that give you a reason to come into FBI. Literally every week, and we'll have them every week till the end of the year. FBIRadio.com forward slash support if you want to be eligible to win anything on the station. Thank you, Jack and Andre. Bye. This is Ross from Friends, The Revolution. You're on Mornings. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.